a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to Utah Weekly Forum. I'm your host, Rebecca Cressman. Really delighted to talk about the world and what a difference we can make with different organizations that are tapped right into changing people's lives, like Eagle Condor Humanitarian. Today, I'm bringing you the executive director, Laura Shabrise. Laura, thank you so much for being here today. Such a pleasure. Yeah, and then Missy Webster is the expedition director. We'll be talking about that. Missy, thank you for joining us on Utah Weekly Forum. We're excited to be here. Thanks, Rebecca. Mm -hmm. And I think I'm more excited. It was just a few years ago where I learned about Eagle Condor Humanitarian and soon became a board member and soon became an expedition uh, leader and uh, helped people realize what an impact they can have. And so we're going to talk about that. It is the holiday time. It is the time when we think about how do we give and how do we really lift people? So let's first talk about the goals of Eagle Condor Humanitarian. Missy, how would you describe the goals of this? Well, our mission statement is allevi- alleviating poverty through self-reliance training. And our goals are to try to help those people in the different countries where we serve. And we serve in Peru, Ecuador, and Colombia as of right now. But our goal is to try to help these people not only find resources to to help them and lift themselves out, but to do it through uh, training themselves and making it possible so that they can empower them themselves, whether it's through uh, teaching them classes on how to set up a business or if we also or we go into their cities and their little towns and help them with projects to be able to uh, help with their education or their health and just a lot of different ways that we're we're trying to do it but our mission statement kind of says the exact way but we try to do it through self-reliance training. And that's quite extraordinary because there's a lot of different uh, angles and branches that Eagle Condor, Eagle Condor Humanitarian has, you know, what, from children's centers to expeditions where we're, you're doing projects to help, you know, humble towns and, and, and families that are dealing with poverty. And there's, you know, how to run a business and how to become independent. That's a lot in these three countries. Now, Laura, um, your focus over the years um, was on children's center. Talk to us a little bit about some of the work that Eagle Condor is involved in with children's centers around the world? Well, it's, it's interesting because we're, we're very unique in that realm. Um, there's not a lot of organizations who work directly with a community who reaches out to an uh, organization and asks for help specifically for their children because the children aren't getting educated. It's usually because of... Um, it could be distant that the children live so far away from the school. It could be 
fact that children are foraging for food instead of going to school because their stomachs rule their brains. And so we've set up a unique um, system where we have a children's center where children can come and get a meal, a healthy, nutritious meal in exchange for going to school. So it makes it so the kids are motivated to go to school because they get a really good meal in exchange for that opportunity. And and that's quite powerful, having lived in some very impoverished areas of South America in my life. And, um, and, and of course, we have impoverished areas all over the country in the United States as well. But, it, but my memory is of children uh, as young as six taking buses down to the center of a city to beg so that they can get the food they need and the buses, the tokens, so the, the amount of money so they can get home at the end of the day. And to me, these children's centers flip that around that says, no, 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 we can help you as an individual, as a child, get the education you need to rise above the challenges you have and the food that you need and keep you safe. To me, it's just extraordinary. Where are the children's centers, Laura, that uh, Eagle Condor Humanitarian supports? Now, we actually have had some communities where we've had children's centers where we've lifted the community and the children so much that we actually don't have to be there anymore because the children started being educated, the children started getting fed. So we've actually exited out of a few communities, but the communities that we have now are in Jesus, Peru, um, and it is, we call it Rays of Hope. And we also have a community center in Colombia, Semillas, and Seeds for Love. And those are the two we're focusing on now. We also help a school in Ecuador. Which is quite tremendous. And and so um, when people give to Eagle Condor Humanitarian, they can go to the website and actually directly deposit money or donations that will go to the Children's Center. Is that right? Yeah, 100% of children's program money goes to the children's, go to go to the children's centers. Um, and one of the things that we have found also to go along with what you're saying, Rebecca, is that parents in these rural areas, they're out in the field and they're working. And so it's not only, you know, one or two kid, children that are benefited by this, it's the entire family because that way, the older children who might have been pulled out of school to help try and feed or nurture the younger children, they're now able to go as well. So entire families benefit from this. And, and that's quite beautiful. Missy, you've been a part of Eagle Condor Humanitarian also from the beginning. And, and I introduced you as the expedition director with a pandemic that has been you know, severely impacting the ability to bring expeditions down. Give us a full picture of what some of the projects have been for your expeditions and and how they change lives in Colombia and Ecuador and Peru. Well, again, our wonderful COVID year has been a change for us, and and it uh, did change how we were able to help in the countries previously before we had the COVID and and we are starting back up here in the end of December with our humanitarian expeditions. But one of the things we do is we partner with the local leaders. We go in with the local leaders. We sit down, we talk about their needs. We talk about what's lacking in their, 
in their villages in order to help them be successful. And, and a lot of it would be um, whether it's education, nutrition, water, uh, opportunities like that. So in some of our areas, uh, one of I, uh, one of our first areas when I started on board is they needed a water system. They had no clean drinking water. And so as we sat with them and, and they talked about it and their strong need of making sure in order to be healthy that water was clean water was essential. And we ended up putting together a plan to make a big cement reservoir up on the top of the hill that was being pumped from a very clean spring down at the bottom of the hill up to the top. And we, it took a, a bunch of expeditions. Uh, we had a group of 55 that was down there, and we hauled so much cement to make this big cement reservoir in order to hold all the water that would be able to go down to all of these villagers. So it, a lot of our expeditions and on our projects come directly from the community and come directly from the local leaders. And we really enjoy that because we, uh, we have a, a saying that we don't want to be helicopter humanitarians where we come in and tell them what they need. Our focus, and I know Lara said with our children's programs, we're, we're kind of unique. We try to be unique also to where our humanitarian projects are the needs of the people directly, and it comes from them. It's their ideas, and it can be a self-sustaining project that once we are gone, they're able to continue on. So some of the things that we have done, we've um, done multiple greenhouses and they've given them the training on how to continue on um, so that the product's just not good for one year and then they don't know what to do with the greenhouses. We have somebody on the ground that will help them to continue on with it. A lot of water projects, we've built schools, we've built preschools. So it just really depends on the country where we're at and the needs of the people. But it's very rewarding to be able to see a project get completed. And, and we really are looking forward to starting back up the end of December and and being able to go strong through this next year to help these villagers and the needs that they have currently. And and that has changed. In fact, uh, the, that pivot where there, you know, the beginning of 2020, the idea was, right, let's continue with these incredible expeditions where the volunteers are paying their way. The, uh, a little bit of extra from each expedition volunteer can go into buying the bricks or the cement or whatever may need to be for, to build a school or a well, What you know, to how do we save lives and, you know, bring oxygen to remote villages because people, I mean, you know, people were dying. And, and, and Laura, that had to feel even more, there's so much that Eagle Condor Humanitarian does to save lives and empower and change lives. But that had to feel um, extraordinarily important and good that we could divert some resources to saving the most essential part of life. Well, not it, only did we divert resources, <laughs> we, we reached out to our, our through our, our emails and through our newsletters. And we were blown away by how generous people were in sending in donations because they were going to villages and to communities who were not getting any help, any subsidies, any um, other uh, opportunities 
for medical supplies. And I will tell you personally, I was blown away by not only the generosity from people on that were attached to our organization, but the amount of help that the funds that we sent down really created in the communities. And, and, and Missy, you were part of that as well. Thank you, Laura. Yeah, it's, uh, it's just amazing to see that, as Laura was saying, as we put out these emails and asked for even our projects that are coming up this next year, uh, they may not be able to join us in expedition, but people are so excited to help and see a difference. And it, the joy when a project is completed and you have, say, waters being ran to coming out of a spigot and that people can turn on a spigot and see their clean water, you can't describe it. And, you know, they, they splash the water and everyone's dancing in the water. And, man, you just really feel like you've made a huge difference. And, and, and I think I, I need to add to that, Missy. And for those who've just joined us, we're talking to the expedition director and the executive director of Eagle Condor Humanitarian. And I'm Rebecca Cressman with FM 100.3. I also happen to be a volunteer board member of Eagle Condor. And so much of the work we do is all volunteer. And, and, and you describe that, what it's like to be working at 12,000 feet <laughs> and more so and, and bringing buckets of water side by side with people who this will change things for them. So they're, we're working side by side with them to give them something they need. And then when that project is completed, to see what an impact it can have, it, it puts in perspective, it, you know, with the expeditions I led with youth, uh, down there, and you know, we were taking youth between the ages of thirteen to twenty-one or so on on the expeditions I was a part of, and to see that at such a young age, a teenager can say, "Wow, I can take seven days of my life, and I can travel far to people I might not ever see again, and I can come to love them and care about them and know that my humble resource that I paid for paid for that foundation so that there could be a school." Because there's never been a school in that little town. And and for to put in perspective the resources we have all around us here and, and what an impact it, we can make in our life. So it's just to me like a drop. It shows people, wow, this one drop of goodness, whether it's a donation or an expedition you go on, it can have such a dramatic impact on people's lives. So, Missy, I know it's important to you because on average, what are you normally leading six or seven expeditions a year? It it kind of varies depending on the need. Uh, We have amazing board leaders who step up and they take on their own time and and they take groups down for us. That's one of the joys they get to to be able to lead these expeditions. But depending on what we have and the need, uh, it could be six to seven per year that that we that I get to take down and. And it's it's a joy. It's really fun. I think adding on to what you said about um, people being able to see the project completed, I am finding nowadays as, as we are registering, registering and getting ready, there is a lot of youth who are doing this on their own, that they reach out and they register and they sign up. And it's they – and sometimes I'm like, um, 
can we get your mom and dad on this email to make sure that we're okay? But they are earning their own money. They are looking for ways to to pay for these trips. And that means so much more to them. It's not like they 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 have skin in the game and they know the importance of this and they're wanting to work hard and and the joy that they get from knowing that they did it on their own is just twice as much. So it's pretty amazing to see. Right. And I, I think about a friend of mine who thought that her son, who was 20, he needed to have that feeling of, I am important in this world. And so her gift to her son was the, I think it was about $2,000 or so he needed for an expedition. And it's a tax write-off, right? So she has that as a tax write-off because it's all charitable, uh, the work and the supplies that is giving. But what it did for him, like the tears that young man, you know, experienced um, working on the project as as a member of the expedition team was just extraordinary. So. Yeah, whether or not a youth earns that money on their own to make it possible or whether it's gifted to them, um, there are lives that can change from that. Uh, I appreciate that so much. Missy, where do people get information about the upcoming possible expeditions and and who could be a part of it and how to support those? We have a couple different ways. We are on the Internet on eagle-condor.org, so www.eagle-condor.org. We also are on Facebook, Instagram. Uh, Lara sends out wonderful monthly emails that talk about all of our programs, talk about what we're doing. Um, Anybody who would like to join those or get involved and and receive one of those uh, letters or Newsletters every month can write into our email. It's info at eagle-condor.org and, and be able to say, hey, sign me up for these newsletters. It's, it gives out so much information about all the stuff that we're able to do, uh, the success stories that we have. And, again, that's through any of our, our Facebook, Instagram, and also on our webpage. So, we try to get out there. We try to uh, make sure that people know what we're involved in and what we're the wonderful people who are supporting us and what we're able to do with their donations. And you can sign up for the email newsletters on eagle-condor.org too. Is that right, Laura? Can we do that? That's right. And you know, I want to say that we've I've heard the word change a lot as we've been talking through here and. And we hear that phrase, you know, be the change in the world and to, but just to let, you know, people know to bring, when you bring change, you are changed. And we see that time and time again through this organization. I'm I'm wondering, and I appreciate that, Laura, we have about six minutes together uh, to wrap up the interview. And as you look at, here we are in December of 2020. And you, if I, you know, you have these binoculars because we have people on the ground and individuals in towns that are asking for help and and expressing what they need. What are your top concerns? If anyone can help us with Eagle Condor Humanitarian for me, and this is not at all to say, okay, I'm boasting because really if I could give more, I would, but I give monthly and, and I know when that goes automatically from my checking account to Eagle Condor that I'm doing something 
right, to make the world away from me, outside of me, uh, a better place. What do you need most as an executive director right now in terms of support with Eagle Condor Humanitarian? Well, we have some exciting projects right now. Um, you know, it, it is kind of fascinating that in this, this COVID year, there has been so much growth in regard to the entrepreneurial spirit and the need for self-reliance, right? People have Mm -hmm. recognized that more than ever. And so, for instance, there's a women's group down in Columbia, and and Missy was just there so she can speak to this more, but they were able to go through our self-reliant training, and these women now have made contacts with – with with different venues and they have learned how to sew and they just need a sewing machine and it's and two hundred dollar donation for a sewing machine creates a path for independence for these women who have otherwise been very dependent on um just aid that they could be provided because they had no path for independence. We have a school in Nauta, Peru, who they're looking, they're looking at their youth and realizing there's not a lot of, of opportunities for them. And so they're creating a woodworking school. So there's opportunities for, for donating to create paths for independence for youth in Nauta. Um, and of course, Anyone who wants to be a child sponsor, child sponsorships for $30 a month, you sponsor food for a child, which then in turn sponsors their education. So those are all, I would say, the kind of the top things in my mind. Missy, can you think of, of another couple that, that are pressing right now? Brought up. Probably one of them that's dear to me is in the middle of, Ecuador, we have a jungle village that's very remote. Um, it, we, In order for us to get there, it's five hours by bus and then three hours by canoe. So it's very remote. Uh, it's an indigenous tribe. And they're one of, as we met with the leaders, one of their requests was in order to help them become self-sufficient, they all rely on selling the chocolate bean. Um, and everybody there does that. And so it's very much... Um, just flooded. The market's flooded. They don't get a good return. So one of the projects that they said that they would really like to do, there's actually a couple, um, they want to do a community greenhouse. Um, in order to get their food, they do travel a ways, uh, a ways away and, and have to buy it from somebody else. So a community greenhouse, which would produce their vegetables, which they don't have a lot of right now because it's too expensive for them to buy so a community greenhouse for them, they want to do a, um, a chicken coop, or a, a chicken farm, to where they can produce their own chicken and keep rotating it through with the villagers so that, again, instead of going out of their village uh, and helping other people, they, they can produce their own revenue and have success there. And then the third thing that they asked for as far as help with their projects, is uh, a fish farm. It's like a tilapia farm to where they would keep this um, farm going and them themselves in the in the village would be able to have fresh fish, but they would open it up so that the neighboring villages would know that they could come there and buy their fish. And so it would it would just 
be helpful for everybody around that area. So that's one of the projects that's dear to my heart is this village with the chicken, the chicken farm, the fish farm, and then also the greenhouse. And that's one of the donations that we were looking for. Um, we would go down on an expedition and help help train them and help get that set up. So that's probably another one that I would add to the wonderful ones that Lara had already mentioned. Well, that and that's fantastic. Again, and what whatever anyone can do can go a long way. Whether it's twenty five dollars a month or fifty dollars a month or a one time donation, right of of thirty or seventy five. And there are a lot of companies that have matches. I'm fortunate enough to work at a company that will match. Uh, what I give. And so um, I'll have to get another statement <laughs> from, uh, you know, Laura and Missy and then submit that to my employer and they will make a matching donation. So that's extraordinary. And the timing is great. And, you know, as someone whose heart has been touched uh, by the impact that these uh, expeditions and these projects make in the lives of people who so need it. I just need to thank you. So Laura Shabrias, the executive director and expedition director, Missy Webster, thank you so much for all that you do. It's, you know, we see the faces of the people it's helping and you see them in the newsletter, of course, Laura, as you put it together, but it's, it's not, they're not that far away from us. They might be thousands of miles, but when you see their faces, you, you recognize it's just like helping a neighbor right next door. So just beautiful. Missy and Laura, thank you. Uh, the website again is eagle-condor.org. That's right. Yep, but we hope to it. see people on our expeditions this year. And thank you, Rebecca. Mm-hmm. Thank you for joining us on this week's edition of Utah Weekly Forum. A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought... There are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts.